Welcome to Bat Therapy, exploring your favorite comic book characters through the lens of clinical psychology. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in a cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. Okay, so today we have another segment of Keaton Trashes Marvel. Okay, first (laughs) things first. I laughed at the movie. It was very funny for a character that's had nothing but trauma in their life. It was very funny. Yeah, Thor 4. He's yeah. he's the fir- I think he's the first character to get a fourth movie. I don't think anyone yes. else has got had 3. There've been four Avengers movies, but they haven't been just like this for the single characters. He's the he's the first. I think you're right because uh, Iron Man only has three, right? Because yes. because the Ultron one was technically an Avengers movie, correct? Right. Yeah. Okay. Age of Ultron was Avengers. Uh, same thing. Yep. And then Infinity War and Endgame were Avengers. And then he popped up in Spider Man for a little bit. And then he also popped up in Civil War. Which Civil mm-hmm. War? I'm not gonna lie. There were times that it felt like a, an Avengers movie just because True. everybody was was in it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Thor's the the first one. Fun fact: I went to a a brewery here in my hometown. I went to a brewery and they had MCU trivia last oh. night. Yep. How'd it go? I did horrible. Like, and <sighs> I'm I'm honestly proud of it. I'm proud of it because <laughs> of course you are. I know who I am. Right. I know exactly. Yeah, I know who I am. And I didn't do we didn't do horrible. I think we did come in the top 10 out of like 25 teams. So pretty good. I definitely I was still carrying my team, I think. (laughs) But there were just some things I didn't know. Like I didn't remember what Dr. Like Dr. Selvig apparently borrowed something from Stan Lee's cameo in Thor 2. And they asked what that item was. Do, Do you know? I have no idea. It was apparently it was a shoe. He borrowed a shoe from no, Stanley in Thor two. Right. It was and so I was like, I'm glad I didn't know oh, that. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I mean, you're really digging at the bottom of the barrel if you're talking Thor two. I mean, <laughs> you, you yes, yes, you're you're not wrong. Ooh. You're not wrong, and I feel like Thor four was aiming for that barrel. Uh <laughs> I, I wouldn't be that harsh. It was a funny. It was very. I laughed. I, I loved the laugh. screaming goats. They were my favorite part. Okay, so the thing is, so they were funny, but sometimes I didn't want them to break the tension. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah. keep keep the tension here. And they're <laughs> like, nope, nope. It's an all dark planet, and we're worried about these missing children. But you know what? Wow. 
we still <laughs> we, we still have screaming goats to make us happy and not worry about those kidnapped okay, children. Okay, okay, fine. I mean, you have a point, but that is kind of Thor. It is. It is. I will. Yeah, but uh, so, but that's what's what's funny is that this character has i feel like as far as what characters have gone through and i'm not i don't want to like rank anyone's trauma but i feel like he's gone through the most like he's lost all of his family members his home exploded Mm -hmm. half the people on his home died he lost all of his best friends you know like he lost Yeah, there's been a lot of like murder mayhem and destruction around him and not to mention like he was born after his father had done all the warring. So, I mean, he was just kind of doing like funny little, I mean, he was doing battles, but it wasn't that horrific. Right. Yeah. So, so he kind of had an easier time in, in terms of just like general, generationally what was going on with the gods. Right. Uh, but yeah, a lot of loss. And uh, don't forget, he also saw Loki die like five times. Right. He <laughs> like again and again. And I, that was a funny montage. That was a funny montage. Having Korg do the montage was funny, which Korg is actually, I think is he's voiced by Taika Waititi. So another thing that's funny too, that we don't really think about, Thor is by far and far the oldest Avenger. Like, he's thousands of years old. But for some reason, in this movie, he was still just dumb jock character, mm. it, it it feels like. And and it just it just seems, it just gets a dub. Because I, I, I love his character, but I just don't love what they are doing with him. And I was really excited when they said, oh, we're bringing, we're bringing Jane back. And I feel like they just, I just... They, she should have had her own movie. She should now be mm. Thor. Let her take the reins. Natalie Portman is amazing. <sighs> but yes, you're right. We got goats. We got Russell Crowe flipping a lightning bolt. Yep, yep. Oh, that that was great. That was we great. Got a, yeah. We, so we, we got, got Zeus a, in there. We got a Jesus joke. <laughs> that was that was funny. The carpenter joke. <laughs> yeah, we had more um, more of the like reenactments as guardian reenactments. Yes, which were also hysterical. Always oh, love a yes. little drop in by Matt Damon. Yes, that was great. Yeah, Matt Damon was it? Matt Damon, Sam Neill, and Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that made me ha- so happy when yeah. I saw her. That was great. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so overall, I didn't hate. The movie, hate is such a strong word. But I think what frustrated me, so I went with my friend, shout out to Brant, how are you doing? It's a little (laughs) weird that you eat Arby's, but okay. I went with him to see it, and he's a huge Marvel buff. Mm. And throughout... So he was not at trivia. No, he was not at trivia. (laughs) We probably would have done better had he been there. Maybe. But yeah, so as as we were watching, like I I got a chance to like asking questions after we saw the movie, and so there were a couple different comic books that apparently this movie pulled off of. Like I think it was the Mighty Thor, which is the one about Jane Foster, and then there was the God Bomb, which is another arc in Thor comics. And so they pulled from a lot of different things, and he told me those stories individually, and they were all way better than the movie yeah. that we got and it wasn't funny it was action packed it was dramatic but it wasn't this thing that we were just 
in stitches over the entire time. It was kind of a rough story. But the MCU is, you know, it's it's all about action comedies. Like how we we need to bring some some laughter here, right? Like Paul Rudd's not in this one, so we need to figure something out. I don't know if I like that, you know? I don't know. I kind of want them to take him serious. And I felt Mm. this way ever since Endgame when they just made fat jokes about Mm. him. With the the fat suit thing. The whole movie. Yeah, and I I think we've talked about it on the podcast. So I I think I've shared this before. But the, yeah, so what happened with him in in Endgame didn't bother me in the same way that it bothered some other people. And I totally get it bothering people. You know, different things hit different people and in different ways. I I liked what they were showing with this character. I totally get people not necessarily loving the jokes surrounding it. It's totally realistic, though, that a bunch of superheroes, especially when they're talking to a god who's been around for thousands of years are going to just completely be oblivious to the fact that he's in this like huge depressive episode and are are just kind of like making fun of him because for once he's not the perfect body, like literal body of perfection. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it, it, and it seemed like they were trying to hit on that stuff with him, but it wasn't hitting the same mark. Like it was weird too, because I, I mean, previously he still had this kind of... Um, presence about him yeah that like like um when him and quinn when he like uh joins the guardians of the galaxy and he's essentially like bullying himself into the captain's chair oh yeah yeah, yeah. with uh with yeah with quill gotcha gotcha, gotcha. with yeah, quill yeah, yeah. sorry yes yeah. quinn i'm gotcha. she, i'm going dc on us it's, uh with quill and better <laughs> and in this movie it's weird because he I mean, there's still a little bit of it, but their dynamic is totally different. And like Quill's trying to like almost big brother him. And I don't know, like the, some of the vibes were, were off. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And so what I took from that was that I guess the guardians were, were annoyed with them, but like they had, they had mm-hmm. gotten, they had gotten over it. But, and I think, I think that's what bugged me because like, as I was watching it, I went into it with like a a bat therapy mindset like okay how is he gonna cope with all of the stuff that he's been dealing with and like how alone he is like how is he gonna deal with all of this and i still felt like they kind of made like a joke of his stuff right like he's sitting there he's meditating and they're playing like some goofy song and there's a war going on in the background and he's just vibing and then he flies away on stormbreaker like it's a broom like it it, uh, oh yeah i forgot about that part it's it there's so much going on but i will give them this because even though i still felt like they made a joke of thor i liked what i liked how they did uh christian bell's character gore the god butcher Mm, like i i thought his character was very interesting and i think it's just because so i was raised heavy heavy religious background Mm -hmm. And so many times when it was very clear that this was a situation where someone needed therapy. Mm, Pray about it. Yeah, pray about it. Or, oh, well, maybe you're just not giving enough in offering and that's why you feel that way like it it was it was always some some reason besides, oh, I actually need help 
in the realm of mortals. And yeah. so it was it was very interesting to me with Gore because here he is with his daughter in this dire situation. The daughter ends up passing away and he's still just holding on to his faith, which I don't want anyone out there to think that I have any issue with that. I still feel I still consider myself a religious person in some aspects, just not like I was before. But I I do I did like how they showed him basically seeing these this god who he had been worshiping for what he was, which was yeah. kind of a jerk, right? Mm-hmm. And and he just kind of went cold and did a complete 180. Like instead yeah. of being in awe of these gods, I'm gonna kill every single one of them. And and I think that's fair. I feel like it's so many times someone will go through a very traumatic experience or something horrible happens and whatever the the faith was that they had gets heavily shaken mm-hmm. and brings you back down to earth like and and it makes you question everything mm-hmm. about your faith which is what happened to him he actually instead of it being like questioning it literally was him seeing the God that he worshiped, not caring about him. Yes, actively mocking right. him. And yeah, religion and spirituality is actually a really powerful component of mental health and healing. I mean, they see that if you integrate a person's religious and spiritual beliefs into what you're talking about in psychotherapy, it's more effective. Now, that doesn't mean it's more effective to integrate spirituality and religion in a way that doesn't fit with that person. You want to make sure it matches that person's belief systems and kind of where they're at. And you're right. Sometimes when these really big struggles happen, it naturally has us questioning. I mean, we've talked about it with other characters um, from different contexts where when these big things happen, you you question how the world is and, and how things function and what is fair and not fair and is the world fair and just all of these different questions come into play. And absolutely, the, the religious and spiritual can come into that. And for some people, it might strengthen those religious and spiritual beliefs, even if it maybe kind of shifts them in a certain way. And for others, it might change those. And, and I think one thing I just want to make clear is um, hopefully a lot, I I think this is becoming something people are more and more aware of these days, but just want to clarify that um, religion, we're talking about specific constructs of belief systems. And a lot of times there are kind of more formations where like, for example, you've got different factions of Christianity, you've got Buddhism, you've got Islam, Judaism. I mean, you've got all these different kind of avenues for religion. Spirituality does not equal religion, but for some people, religion is a component of their spirituality. And so spirituality in general is, you know, what does a person kind of believe about the world? What connects a person to this world? It's a more abstract concept, which is why I think for a number of people, they utilize religion. So with spirituality, it can be a more abstract concept. So a lot of times people use religion and these different constructs, but it can be a more general thing. Like some people feel connected um, spiritually through music and art. Nature. Um, Nature's a a huge one. Connection with other people. I mean, it can be very, it it can come through a lot of different avenues. Uh, But yeah, it can change with these these big 
situations in life. And I did like that the the way that Marvel tackled that was showing in when when they go to the city of the gods showing that the the yeah. MCU is a very polytheistic world. Like mm-hmm. it's they're they're all coexisting and doing nothing. <laughs> yep. They even had the bow god. <laughs> yeah. Did you so one thing I caught though, they had some celestials in there. Like and, and I noticed like the Galactus shaped helmets. Like I always mm. like I noticed them in there. So I'm, oh, I'm yeah. really I'm really wondering where they're going with it. But I did love the different even going into some of the North mytho- Norse mythology, the rules that they have when when Thor is holding uh, Lady Sif and mm. she's like, Well, I'm gonna go to Valhalla and he's like technically <laughs> in order to go to Valhalla you have to die in battle and and I, I did I, I did love that because I feel like with religion so many times there's there's yeah, these, these real rules the, the footnotes right like oh by the way <laughs> like stealing's bad but I mean if you're stealing because you need food to live and you have a baby yeah, maybe we can let it slide like right like there's always <laughs> shades of gray and and footnotes and so i really i i did enjoy that like and like i said marvel people i love you and i do love the mcu it's i just uh the goats yelled a little bit too much for me that's all All right all right some of us some of us don't appreciate a good goat apparently there were two i appreciated one goat <laughs> the other one was a bit chatty. <laughs> yeah, it's too, it's too much. Too, come on, come on. You don't have to yell back every time. Yeah, right? no. <laughs> I will say though, you know, one of the, one of your complaints with Thor, because I, I was so I was talking about it afterward, and and one of the things I realized with Thor that I think, because I, I, you know, sometimes you can tell where they're trying to go with things, and you can right. tell what they're trying to do. And I could tell they were trying to do the same stuff that they were doing with like Ragnarok and and Game and just kind of giving you some of those feels and vibes and whatnot. But I think I think one of the things that might have run amok for them inadvertently is I believe they relied too much on narration, on on it being said like Thor or someone else literally narrating his story, saying what was happening for him, how he was feeling, what he was thinking about, versus getting to actually see it through his experiences and what was happening, which they did so well in Endgame, despite the, you know, how others responded and da-da-da. He emanated outward his struggle in that movie so well, versus this one, it felt more like it was being talked about. Right. And it and it was kind of ironic to me because that that's actually kind of that's something you have to look for in therapy actually because sometimes it it can seem like someone is moving toward growth even though it's not actually happening and that's why I wonder if that kind of surface level feeling was here it's the same sort of thing where someone might talk about how they're feeling and what they're doing without actually 
emoting it or 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 really feeling through it right and if you don't have more than just the conversational piece it is going to lay flat and it's not going to give you that same depth of character whether it's in therapy or in like a movie like this and that's what i wonder about thor's character so is it one of those things where you're saying i guess uh actions speak louder than words I mean, words are important. I mean, I do talk therapy for God's sake. Right. Words are important and putting words to things can be really helpful. Uh, But words alone aren't enough. Like, yeah, the, the actions do speak very loudly and you need it all to come together in order to have impact. I think it's why a lot of times uh, movies and, and shows also struggle with books, and being able to translate a book where you get the internal thoughts along with the actions a little bit more smoothly. you got to get more creative with it, um, with with this kind of storytelling. So it's not that actions speak louder than words per se, but you don't want just the narration. You want to have the actions really balancing out with it. Well, and one thing I was going to ask you about, too, because the the opening montage after they do Gore's after you get Gore's backstory, the Thor's opening montage, for some reason to me, it came off as, hey, look, y'all, he's skinny again with abs. He's all better. Right. Like Mm -hmm. in, in my mind, that's how it seemed like they did it. Like, oh, look, sad Thor was fat, but Thor's a lot better now. And now he has his muscles again. And I don't think, and I won't necessarily say sad Thor versus happy Thor, but I feel like it was an oversimplification. Mm. So I see where you're coming from. I would argue that I don't think they were saying that, hey, Thor is all better. But once again, I think that they narrated without showing enough of it. And so it seemed like he was kind of jumping past these points like like they were trying to narrate the fact that okay so he he when he joined guardians of the galaxy he he shifted to kind of his next stage of his process Mm -hmm. and so he was going from this this like dark dark depth to okay i'm putting myself out there and i'm actively uh, i'm meditating i'm i'm going on an adventure that completely kind of changes the trajectory and i'm i'm exploring who i am and and what comes next and he seems he doesn't have the answers yet and he seems kind of like he's floating a bit and i think that's all that stuff that's happening before jane pops back up but um yeah i i i, I can see how it feels like oh, he's jumping to, to he's all better now. Just because, yeah, it wasn't quite, once again, it was talking about his struggle in this stage and what he was doing without really showing it that effectively. Because when they were showing it, they were showing a lot of the jokes, you know, like you were talking about him. You know, the, the goats come into play and, the, you know, there's all this stuff that, that comes into play that you're right, even though the screaming goats are hysterical. Yeah, it does maybe distract away from being able to see what's going on with him right now so you you did mention jane wow like she by far my favorite part of Mm. this movie so the one of the one of the things i wanted to ask you about was her reaction to getting the news that she had pretty high stage of cancer Stage four. They weren't messing around. Right. And they even said like, oh, this is only 
stage four and it's like oh there's that's the highest stage like they even make a point of saying that but the way that she reacted to it was kind of getting lost in her work like she didn't Actually, really yeah so let's talk about that that peeved me a little bit because that's people seem to act like that was about. weird why is that weird that makes total sense to me yeah. that she would double down on anything she's doing that is passing on her legacy and her passions because stage four cancer, I mean, they don't go into the details much, but uh, this is a cancer where you're often, and I think even for her, she was going to be dying within months. Okay. Like chemo for stage four and okay i'm sorry if there's anyone out there who can correct me there are times you can live with cancer and you can live with it for a while but stage four is spread throughout your body who knows where she had it spread to and usually at this stage chemo is not fixing anything it's pain management mm -hmm. it's pain management while you're dying I got you. and it might help you live a little bit longer but yeah it, it, that was one of those things where it was like so you guys just, like she was saying, you, you want me to just sit here in a hospital bed feeling terrible or she could be doing something. So, yeah, there were a lot of people who I, I don't think have had to really deal with some sort of really serious illness like that before. Because I was like, of course she wants to go to her lab and work on this. She's got so little time. Yeah, I did want to get your perspective on it because her, I guess her background was definitely astro like astrophysics, I, I, I believe, but it seemed like it had shifted to her, like trying to figure out how to save her herself. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, hey, once again, yeah. like, you know, if, if I had some skills that if I were dying, those skills might help me kind of sort through it, I might do something about it. Although I would argue that she's not the right type of scientist. Um, and she probably knows some good scientists, so she could probably found someone who would be more effective in helping her. But And she could have if Marvel weren't so afraid of bringing in the characters that people want to see. <laughs> Right? Like, oh man, if only Marvel could have remembered that Stephen Strange is out there somewhere. Maybe ask <laughs> maybe ask the doctor and super magician yeah. about it. Oh, this isn't his movie. So like and that's yeah. that's one thing I always laugh well, and at. Well, I mean like cancer treatment's not his thing, but still, he's gonna be closer. Right. And he would know somebody, right. probably. A little more. A little more yeah. on the nose. Like, hell, find find that vision that's flying around. Maybe he can see something I can't. I don't know. There you go. Mm -hmm. Right. But and it is it Go is get Ant Man. Have him like go inside you something. and kill off the cancer. Something, right? <laughs> it's one thing that does get difficult when it comes to comic book movies though, especially when you know there's joint universes. It's like, okay, why isn't that guy here? Like, right. Mm. It's like, oh, here's here's Batman solving a solving a serious threat that Superman could just solve in like five seconds, but sure. <laughs> He can't make it. And Marvel, yeah, Marvel's making it real tough on themselves with, what is this, phase four? Yeah. Because they have, so, before, okay, they had these, like, small groups of people in some of their movies. But now they've got huge groups of people in a lot of their movies. And then they've got the shows, and they have this, that, and the other. And a lot of people I've talked to, we all kind of agree that it, it's hard to kind of see how all like are these all coming together or not versus yeah it feels very separate and it almost feel like before I feel like Marvel was actually 
doing a good job of their movies feeling kind of more like DC Comics where you're char- you have character development, you're mm-hmm. integrating them together. And now their movies are feeling more like Marvel Comics, <laughs> which is just a whole bunch of different characters and different plots, and which is fine. It's just mm-hmm. a, a, a different mode. But right. yeah, it, it is kind of one of those like, really? I mean... Like she's she's also the kind of person who's not going to try and solve it herself, but you know, hopefully she would be pulling in some actual cancer whizzes out there. But and the thing that's the thing that's interesting though is you see her like when whenever she doesn't have the store the the Thor powers, you see how like her, how frail she is and how she's obviously mm-hmm. very sick. But when she was Thor, it she did like it, it it's so interesting how she just seemed completely fine. But deep down it seemed like she knew. She was like, Look, I know that this probably isn't gonna work, but while I'm here, I'm gonna do whatever good that yeah. I can. And well, and that even came around at the at the end, like she's like, No, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go help Thor. Like this is I know how this is gonna end but at least I can do some good while I'm still here. Yep. And I, at least I, I can I do some that. good. And, you know, there was another benefit, too. Like, like dying of cancer, my understanding, is very painful. And it, at least when, when she was Mighty Thor, okay, there were those moments where she was getting kind of weakened and whatnot and shifting back. But for the most part, it seemed like it gave vitality back and strength back and... Yes, it shortened her life, but the quality was greatly improved, even though it was shortened. Right. And that is one of the interesting things. Like, I actually, so when I went through my training, I was in Washington State. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so right next door was Oregon, which has death with dignity. And so we did have, like, some discussions about people at end stages of life and it is very interesting there's this kind of I don't know what it is and it's not everywhere but at least in the United States like kind of our our major cultural thread is that you should value every single second of life that you breathe as a person and want to live it no matter what Mm. where this is an example of Hey, maybe not. I mean, even with our our pets, and I'm not saying people are pets, but but still, we love our pets. And when they're going through a horrific terminal disease, what do we sometimes do? We actually put them to sleep so they don't have suffering and that sort of thing. But for some reason, humans, we see it in our culture as a bit different, or at least in some of the American cultures. And so I, I like stories like this where they hit on that end of life stuff and hey if if you at least in some respects kind of embrace or acknowledge death and where your quality of life lies then being able to make those decisions for yourself about um hey how how do I maximize my quality of life even though sometimes it it like for Jane for example it meant sacrificing more time right right yeah she Gosh, she's she's such an interesting character. I I really hated to, I really hated to see her go. But also, I really hated that we didn't get more of her. Like I really felt mm-hmm. like this movie would have been great with just her and how she's yeah. dealing 
with things because that was that was the story that I wanted, especially once they opened it with, yep, she has stage four cancer. This is really bad, but let's let's cut. The away. focus was not on her. Yeah, right. I would I would agree with that. It it was. Maybe that was part of it, too, where they had a number of different characters going through really, I was going to say really interesting things, but interesting seems kind of harsh and unempathetic. Right. Uh, <laughs> but going through some really complex things psychologically. I mean, even, uh, oh gosh, what's her name? Valkyrie. King of Asgard. Yeah. Valkyrie. So, yeah, so even Valkyrie. I mean, she was going through things in terms of being king, and you could tell there was kind of some stuff with her. I mean, she's in a different place, obviously, since when she was really drunk, just falling over everywhere, which was right. so so great in Ragnarok. Right. But, yeah, there were so many characters that were going through something that you couldn't really super delve into them mm-hmm. in, in, in the way that I would have liked to see I feel like they were trying to do too much and it felt messy. Like I, when I watched, when I, I, I saw it twice and the first mm. time I watched it, I was like, okay, I guess that was all right. And then the second time I watched it, I actually did a little bit more nitpicking. And by the time I walked out of it, I was like, man, this movie, this movie needed Adderall. Like it was everywhere. <laughs> it was, it was, it was everywhere. And I really wish that they had kind of slowed down and and, mm. and taken their time and not tried to just compact yeah. everything into yeah. a two-hour movie. Which it's funny saying it, but two two hours is pretty short for a Marvel movie. And apparently, there's a four-hour cut of this movie out there. I respect them not doing three hours. I yeah. love you, the Batman. Three hours is too long. Yeah. Uh, so I respect that. But yeah, they they could have give the, given themselves another 15 to 20 minutes or this, that, and the other. And and actually, it's funny that you say the, the Adderall bit. Because actually, so my husband enjoyed it. And, and I enjoyed it. It was just like, I kind of enjoyed it more like the first few Thor movies where I was like, I enjoyed it. But it's, you know. Whatever. It's a Thor movie. Right. Right. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's a little more like that, which I don't think they were going for. But... I agree with you where it did feel like you were literally jumping all over the place. And so I think, yeah, part of it is you never got to fully settle into everything that was going on. And so really connecting with all of these intricate pieces going on with everybody. Because, yeah, so much interesting stuff, but you don't sit with it for long. Yeah. You know, whenever I think I take a comic book movie and and look at it, one of the things I do is I say, if this movie – Mm-hmm. were made into a comic oh would it be a good comic hmm. and if i take this movie and i mm-hmm. said hey let's make it into a comic it would still feel very very all over the place if i took like iron man one like mm-hmm. that story and just made it Everything, like, not make comparing it to its source material, but just taking that movie and making mm-hmm. it into a movie, into a comic book, it flows mm-hmm. very well, right? It's like, oh, yeah. here's this guy, he's rich, he's famous, and then he gets hurt. But this movie took all the stories that we already kind of know a little bit about and kind of just 
threw it all in there and mixed it up and didn't really have time to really show payoff because it's like, oh, wow, okay, so this is what's going on with them. And then Korg is like, oh, yeah, um, I have two fathers and this is how they made me. And then they cut away from that and it's like, (laughs) and Valkyrie is alcoholic. And then they do like a little bit of backstory of Thor and Jane and their breakup. And then they do some more stuff and then they show on Gore some and what he's doing. And then he's killing a snake and terrifying children. Like it just, it bounced around Mm -hmm. so much that there was never really any emotion in the movie for me. Like, does that make sense? And I like, and I like, I like emotion. I do. I do like emotion, but it i ended up just kind of laughing at it yeah so this would also be it's kind of fun actually comparing this movie to a therapy session so you know i was i was talking before about how uh one of the things with therapy that you have to be careful of because it's kind of one of these subtle things that suggests you're not kind of getting to the core is narrating or making it, it being all talk but not that feeling piece coming into it and then yeah this jumping around is another thing that you can see in therapy. So sometimes people are jumping around and and sometimes it's super obvious, but other times it's more subtle, but it's kind of what you're talking about. So you have to look for these subtleties of kind of shifting around or moving around because you might, it's funny because it could seem like you're actually hitting on a lot of really important points, Mm -hmm. but it's exactly what you're talking about. If you're hitting on a lot of important things, but you're hitting on all these things in a short period of time, you're actually probably not hitting on the underlying emotion, right? which is an important part of the the healing process. So it's funny because that's another thing about this movie that you can kind of compare once again about like successful therapy, but then also like what it's like as an audience member wanting to connect to these characters. Yeah. There was a part of me, and I know this is going to sound weird, I felt bad for not liking the movie, but, and I think it's because I was, I was rooting for Thor. Like, one of the, Mm -hmm. like, one of the most epic moments to me, like, I remember the first time I watched Infinity War, and Thor's doing everything he, like, he's angry, and he's like, I'm going to get Thanos with this, and he Mm-hmm. Lose, he's already lost an eye from Ragnarok and he goes through all the trouble making Stormbreaker and mm-hmm. his insanely epic arrival in Wakanda when he just yes. comes to save the day. I'm like, I am rooting for this guy. And then things go horribly at the end of Infinity War. And then from the beginning of Endgame, he kills Thanos and just walks away. And you catch up with him five years later. And I really wanted to see him actually become better. But instead of it being one of those things where he got better, it's like, oh, look, now he's in a relationship with his ex again. And also now he's a father. Okay. I think you actually just hit the nail on on what bothered me about the end of the movie. Because I was like, why don't I, why am I not loving this whole kid thing? And and I I do think you have a point where, I mean, so life happens and blah, blah, blah. But in movies, usually you kind of have a little bit of more of a step-by-step in some ways. Where you're right, it did kind of, it kind of robbed him of being able to finish building himself back up. Right. It's like, oh, now you got a kid. Too bad. 
Yeah, where I mean, okay, so so now he's off and he's fighting with her, but it yeah, it doesn't seem like an answer. Like like the the movie made it seem like he's searching for his answer about what's what's my purpose in life? Where do I go from here? And all of that makes sense. But yeah, it does seem like it's just like, okay, well, now now he's a father. Yeah. <laughs> Where okay, that that happens in life and I'm not saying parenthood can't be that. I'm totally not saying that. But it it does, yeah, it seems like kind of a shallow solution for him. It's not like he yeah. was always looking to be a father or it's not like he was yearning for certain things that fatherhood ends up filling. It doesn't even seem like he was developing his answers, really. He all of a sudden, Jane's back and they start to kind of work through things, but then he finds out she's dying. Like, it, it just seems yeah. like he's kind of going from one big thing to the next rather than really answering those huge internal questions about himself yeah because they started us down this path of okay now we're gonna watch thor kind of get his groove back and figure his life out yeah. and so even if they hadn't put the whole thing in there with the kid i would have been equally annoyed if he was suddenly happy ever after because him and jang were back together oh yeah for like, sure i would have been i would have been just as annoyed with with that as well because it's like okay no you still have gone through a lot and i think still have shit to figure out right i think i want closure there like i don't even i don't know mm -hmm. about you thor i know you're happy to see your ass but <laughs> i have a podcast thor and let me just tell you i really <laughs> think you need a mindful nerd moment right now because i think before you jump in this relationship with your ex you should really ponder on <laughs> where you're at right now <laughs> yeah I, yeah there there is definitely a lot to unpack there Th this might be one of those cases of you had two movies and and you pushed it into one where a lot of times you see that with like too many characters although nowadays they've figured out how to do a lot of characters at once but i, I agree that it's not very satisfying for the relationship to come into play with all of that and and yeah, I mean, it's definitely a common trope for women where, like, the man has to be there. But, you know, feminism isn't about, like, creating those problems for men now, too. Like, let's just... <laughs> right. And, and I, let's just yeah. make people more than a relationship. Yeah, and, and I feel like there was little parts of this movie where it's like, Jane has cancer, but Thor has a girlfriend now, so he's fine. Like, that's, that's just how it felt. That's just how it felt. And they didn't deal with his problems. It seems like at the end of yeah. this movie... All that still got swept under the rug. He's like, and now yeah. I have this little child soldier that can come killing with me. I know. Hey, we can't talk. We love Batman, so whatever. Yeah, yeah at but least, at I least have this a problem kid's with like godlike. I have a problem with his child soldiers too. I do. <laughs> I do. I am unbiased in that category. But like, <laughs> so you know what I thought they were going to do? Is it seemed like? They were moving toward a recognition by Thor that you can't go through life by yourself and just depending on yourself and and not incorporating other people. Because they seem to really be playing off of very strongly in the beginning him like coming in and like tell me when you need me and then he comes in and he literally does everything himself but then everything's destroyed and meanwhile everyone else is just sitting around mm -hmm. and they even talk about that with Jane where they become more and more separate from one another and and on their own paths and I thought 
that's what they were going to do was build him more toward finding really connecting with a team or really connecting with people and and relying on more than just himself from here so yeah it it did take a different turn than i expected right and instead of everything you just said that we should have gotten we got a love triangle between thor his hammer and his axe oh my god okay you you're sounding snarky about that but i thought that was freaking hilarious i loved that it was funny it was it was funny i keep saying this movie was funny i mean because at some point this movie was being written and that light bulb moment went off that said i need to make a stuffed bunny shoot lightning out of its eyes (laughs) that was a good moment at a shadow monster yeah and and the writing just started happening. But okay, but once again, <laughs> that could that and even the kid at the end and and even Jane, all of that could have played into this whole like I no matter if I'm a god, life is about connection and you not just being on your like all of this could have worked with that, but something broke down in the process. Right. Um yeah, I uh so one part of why I love the scenes with like the jealousy with the hammer and uh wh- oh what's the other one called? Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. Yeah, Storm- I don't know why I can never remember that. Yeah, Stormbreaker. So I love it because it immediately made me think of my pets. <laughs> so our little dog, anytime one of the other cats when one of the cats comes over to get pets, all of a sudden our dog is right next to you, staring at you like where's my pets excuse me (laughs) so yeah the storm break stormbreaker was just reminding me so much of our dog it was hysterical (laughs) so one thing i wanted to ask you because i know we have to move to the mindful nerd moment in a sec but one thing i really wanted to ask was so i know you have seen thor one thor two thor three Mm -hmm. all of the events of infinity war and endgame and you ran into thor at the beginning of this movie and okay. he was sitting on your he was sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. How would you approach him and his issues that you have clearly seen? Hmm. So in terms of therapy, how would I approach him? So kind okay. Kind of relating it to the movie again. So finding a way to break through the humor, I think, is where I would start. Yeah. So breaking through the humor and the tough exterior so that you're not just jumping from topic to topic. He's not just telling telling the many Norse stories because, you know, they're all about their their stories and whatnot. Right. I, I mean, it, he's very presentational in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of distraction points. There's a there's re- I mean, there's reasons on top of just like people being jerks that people were making fun of him right. rather than helping him out when he was struggling. And, and probably part of you know, how he tends to be as a person, people are going to respond to that in a certain way. And so I think what I would start off with is clearly he's got a lot of questions about himself and where to go from here. But in order to actually explore that versus just kind of bopping around, you'd need to cut through to the core. And so I think what I would do with him is Start turning that humor back on him and really start trying to slow him down. And instead of more of a like presentational piece of here's my story, let me share it with you. More of a 
let's delve in and okay tell me how that really was for you focusing on how it felt what it was like to live through it um I like to use humor to kind of cut through the humor sometimes too so cutting through some of that like if he likes humor go with what he's comfortable with but making sure that humor is actually getting getting in closer to the true Thor, just in a way that's a little bit less intimidating in some ways. So I I think that's where I would start with him because he's going in a good direction. He's trying to do good things. But like you said, it's like kind of the like needing, needing to focus. And so just honing himself in a bit is where I would start. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like, I, I like, I like the idea of that because yeah, like I, and I really do agree that, a lot of his story was uh, a lot of what his his emotions were doing were told and not shown because we got everything he was dealing with from what's his name Korg Korg giving yep. his backstory at the at the beginning. I really would have just liked to have seen like okay, I want to catch up with Thor post in like post in game, but I mean hell we didn't even really see all of what he went through and what he did with the guardians that was like 15 minutes of the movie if that like it was it was very quick Mm -hmm. so but yeah Yeah, you can think that you're processing through a lot but actually be just skimming the surface and and he definitely strikes me as that type where you'd have to slow him down and force him to dig in a bit and i tell you because and and i think slowing down is the key because i feel like so many times when I've dealt with things or when I've haven't dealt with things, <laughs> my go-to was just got to keep moving. I'm uh-huh. going to play this video game. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to go here. Yep. I'm going to go here. If I pass out and sleep, I'll wake up and just keep going, but I'm never uh-huh. going to slow down. Cause the moment I slow down, that's when everything kind of starts creeping back yep. in and hurting and sucking and, but if I stay moving, like if I mm-hmm. if I stay moving, if I'm partying and building something and doing this and on adventures and hiking here, if I'm just moving and never stopping, I don't have to come to terms with the things that I'm going through. Yep. And that's why people struggle when they stop working and they retire. That's why people struggle at the end of the day when they're trying to go to sleep. There are, we, you can never outpace something forever. I mean, some, something might die out first, but unfortunately our minds and, and our feelings and the things that have happened, they don't just disappear at a certain point. So they're there, but yeah, absolutely. That definitely does happen. And I, I want to say it was this, hopefully I'm, I'm remembering right, but I believe at a certain point he mentions to someone that he's tried meditation mm-hmm. and he said it just made him angry. Yes. Yes, that what yeah, he did. Yeah. So, exactly. Just like you're talking about here. He slowed down and anger came up. Yep. That would be an interesting thing to explore with him. Mm-hmm. Ah, so, what's going on with that anger? A lot of times anger is layered on top of some other emotions. What, what, yeah, what's happening when he's trying to slow down and then he feels anger? Because, yeah, slowing down and really focusing in is is hard but it's also how we get through rather than just outpacing right all right so speaking of slowing down with thor mindful nerd moment time m&m let's do it so 
I was thinking that we would do another body scan. I know we did that with the last Marvel one, but when when people have powers, it's kind of fun to play around with them. So I was thinking we would do a body scan with Mjolnir, uh, the hammer. Okay. And so, you know, you can imagine yourself as Thor. You can also be mighty Thor, you know, whatever strikes your fancy. Uh, I guess you could technically be Captain America as well. Because I think he uh, picks up the hammer, right? In one of the Avengers movies. Um, But what we're going to do is just really slow down that feeling of the lightning coursing through the hammer and through the body. I thought that would be a really cool just way of picturing like some heating up and energizing and, and focused energy. So what we'll do is, like we always do, we will... Sit in a comfortable position, not slouched, but also not stiff. Begin by taking a few deep breaths, ideally in through the nose and out through the mouth, uh, if you're able to do that. And we're not really focusing on breathing in any particular way. Just notice that natural breath and try to relax your stomach and your diaphragm so that your breath can move freely through your body. And if you're open to it, it can be useful to close your eyes as you imagine uh, this mindful nerve moment, or you can just unfocus your eyes in no particular point in the room. So let's begin to envision that as guardian hammer in your hand, and whichever hand is your dominant one, raised high above your head, your Thor or your mighty Thor, or maybe even yourself, whoever you want to be. You have your hand raised high above your head. The lightning is striking the hammer. And I want you to feel the power of that lightning emanating through the hammer and the energizing heat and power running through your body. And we're going to take it one bit of the body at a time. So noticing it spread through your fingertips to your hand and then to your forearm past your elbows and up to your shoulder and then notice that tingling energetic warm sensation spreading through your entire body with its energy to your chest up your neck to your face noticing it in your eyes your ears taking over your your brain energizing you also moving through to your other shoulder down your other arm to your fingertips. Noticing that energy. Also moving down your torso, past your chest, your stomach, down to your groin, splitting and going down your thighs, your knees and calves, all the way down to your toes. Just feel that electrifying energy rooting you to the ground as well as connecting you to the energy in the sky. And just take a moment to appreciate that warm, energizing feeling connecting your body to the ground and sky.
Before we end our exercise, I want you to take one more moment to appreciate that energy. And imagine that it's charging you as if you're a battery. It's filling your heart, your soul, your mind, your muscles, your, your nerves, your blood. Everything is filled with this energy that's going to stay with you once this mindful nerd moment is done. So as you take one last feeling of charge from that lightning emanating through your body, we're going to start shifting back into our own bodies. First by imagining that the lightning has ended. Putting the hammer down next to us. Imagining our, our arms now just relaxed by our sides. And we imagine ourselves now moved back into the position we're actually sitting in in this moment. And allow yourself to just kind of move around a little bit. Small motions just to get your body used to being back in the room you're in. Take a few deep breaths, if you can, in through your nose, out through your mouth. And with these last few breaths, feel that charge that filled battery of electrifying energy that you still hold. And when you're ready, open your eyes and we'll end our podcast. How was that? I really, really like that one. I, I, I feel like I always have something different to take away from the, the different mindful nerd moments, but I really, I really do enjoy visualizing all of these different things, the lightning, mm. like it just, it's something about it. I've, I've, I've honestly, mindful nerd moments are handy. They really are. Yesterday, my garage door broke and we had like a really bad leak in the bathroom. Like everything oh. just seemed to be going horrible right before we're packing for a trip. Uh -huh. And I had to just take a moment. There you go. I took a, I took a moment and you know what? It worked. Nice. It worked. I did the one where I was uh, flying around Superman. That was. I was wondering if you might do that one. Yeah, I did the nice. One Superman. It was nice. Uh, but yeah, it was. And and so yeah, I urge everyone out there to give give them a try. Give them a try. I you you might not always need it, but it sure does come in handy when you do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, because I, I use these things myself uh, as well. And, and you're right. You never know when you could use it. And, and the, the trick, too, is that it's kind of like, like I always say, it's, it, it, say someone picks up a bat for the first time. Well, you're not going to go play a game and expect a home run that first time you pick up a bat. You got to learn how to swing it, get used to it. And then you got to get used to the crowds, you know, when it really matters and the stress is high. Otherwise, it's not really, the, you're not going to be able to do what you need to do. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, the, these moments can be really, really helpful because you never know when it'll come in handy later. And you don't want to be picking it up for the first time when you really, really need it. Right. And, you know, either you can, you know, you just be swinging a, a bat or a hammer. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. 
You can find me at Crafting the Mind on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'm comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. You can find me and my friends' movie reviews and reaction videos at TeamJVS.com or on YouTube at TeamJVS. For more information on this and other topics, check out our website at bat-therapy.com. To keep current on episodes and other updates, subscribe to our Bat Therapy YouTube channel or follow us on social media. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.